Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. It's Wednesday. It's May 24th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. A reminder, though, for you this week. No show, no Extra Point, no Sports Zone on Thursday. Paving the way for ASU baseball. Taking on... Um, Oregon State in the second game of the Pac-12 tournament. Pre-game 945, first pitch at 10. Tim Healy on the call. KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Let's revisit today's poll questions and we'll get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. And this is kind of stemming from a conversation that we had with Frank Schwab of Yahoo Sports. If you missed that podcast, the interview, KDOS 1060.com. Should the Cardinals settle for anything in return uh, for a trade with DeAndre Hopkins? Yes, leading the way at 67% of the vote. No trailing at 33%. Yeah, and uh, Frank's more along your lines. He thinks they could get something. Uh, they could wait to the trade deadline and maybe get something for Hopkins. I would be really surprised if he starts the season on their roster. And so we'll see what happens here, but I don't think there's any doubt that whatever they thought they might get for Hopkins – Unless there's uh, you know, some sweetener here, well, that would be paying part of his contract to trade him. Uh, I don't think the Cardinals are going to get it a whole lot in return. You know, not even a, you know, really even a first or second day draft pick next year at this point. Yeah, it's obviously, and Frank mentioned it too, it's, it's a risky move. Uh, but if you know what you have on the table now as an offer and you don't like it, Maybe it's worth the gamble to see if something else uh, comes along your way uh, as the season unfolds. Just the thought. Maybe I'll change my mind by the time we answer the question around 1130. Uh, on <laughs> on Twitter, at okay. KDOS AM. Clock, clock is running on that. Uh, yeah, exactly. But reason yeah. to tune in. Will I stick with it? Uh, right. At KDOS AM 1060, should the D-backs trade free agent to be Lourdes Gurriel Jr. for pitching help? And no continues to lead the way here at 73.1% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 26.9%. And Guriel not in the lineup today, but the Diamondbacks are having no problems. Uh, actually, Evan Langoria is, uh, Langoria is the DH today and hit a two-run homer in the last inning. He's been really not good at all here lately. Pretty much has become their third third baseman. And uh, you know, I was strongly leaning towards suggesting uh, as early as uh, Friday on the show or maybe even before the end of this show, that the Diamondbacks uh, might want to consider you know, DFAing a Longoria. But uh, he did hit a long home run today. But uh, if he's their third, third baseman, they have some other roster spots that could be better used uh, than Longoria being a, you know, a backup, backup, backup third baseman at this point. So uh, yeah, maybe they'll still move on. And I think he's... I was all for that move when they signed him in the offseason because I just they thought they needed some you know experienced professional players with all the young players. But 
Yeah, you got to do something. And uh, until today, he had done very little until recently. Uh, speaking of the Diamondbacks, they're home this weekend hosting the Red Sox. Get your tickets at dbacks.com slash tickets. You could also win a pair of tickets by downloading the KDOS 1060 app, following the instructions after you register uh, to figure out how you are eligible to potentially be one of the winners for the Saturday game for the Diamondbacks and the Red Sox. As we have and mentioned, we will get the latest on the Red Sox, by the way, 915 on Friday. Speaking of the Diamondbacks, they're currently playing in their getaway game. As you mentioned, Longoria's two-run home run has put the D-backs up 5-0 heading into, uh, well, they're still in the top of the fourth. There's two outs right now. Uh, Zach Gallen, though, in a bounce-back performance through three, he's given up just one hit and had one strikeout, 39 pitches so far. So that's that's good. When you look at what the Diamondbacks have done uh, yesterday, they came off a 4-3 win with Ryan Nelson on the bump. Six innings pitch, three hits, one run, and four strikeouts. Yeah, I think the last couple of games go back to Monday night too, and uh, you know the uh, you know they, there was uh, some promising starting pitching performances here uh, from Nelson and also uh, you know Henry on Monday night, and you know, these are two guys that you know they're they really are kind of released right now, counting on to do something. Henry on Monday night, he had a uh, very uncharacteristic uncharacteristic number. He had five strikeouts. That's a lot for him. He had a, a stunning 18 swings and misses. That's a lot for anybody. And allowed only, uh, he allowed only two runs, four hits, walked a couple guys, made it through five and two-thirds innings. They won the game. Uh, if he was that good all the time, that would be great. But uh, – yeah, you know, he doesn't usually get hardly any swing and miss, uh, but he certainly uh, against the Phillies, who do swing and miss a lot. But uh, yeah, he certainly was good in that game. And then in last night, Brian Nelson, who we've talked about some, uh, when he actually has command, he's got some stuff. I mean, he you know he just needs to throw strikes. And obviously, he did last night. He didn't walk anybody. He struck out four. He went six innings. Only allowed one run on three hits in those six innings, plus I mentioned the zero walks. So, so far, so good as far as at least this week uh, with uh, Henry and Nelson. They both uh, did more than uh, give them a chance to win. Unfortunately, they blew the lead for Nelson yesterday after he left, but then fortunately they rallied in the eighth inning and held on in the ninth to win the game. Uh, when it comes to sticking in the NL West here, you have the Dodgers beating the Braves yesterday 8-1. to Bobby Miller got the start, five innings pitched, four hits, one run, one walk, and five strikeouts. And for the Braves, it was Spencer Strider, six-inning pitch, pitched, five hits, four runs, three walks, along with 11 strikeouts here. The series continues with Gonsolin on the mound against Bryce Elder. Yeah, the Dodgers go for the sweep uh, today in Atlanta and the Dodgers have won the last two nights with their two young studs, uh, Gavin Stone on Monday night. He was awful in the first inning. He gave up four runs in the first inning Monday night. And, uh, in fact, the Braves hit around, and all nine guys came to the plate in that first inning. But after that, Stone allowed just one run. Yesterday, Miller, who is their most heralded pitching prospect, he was tremendous. Uh, yeah, We know he throws hard. You know, I've never seen him pitch until last night. Uh, yeah, he's you know he's got you know some minor league velo in the hundreds, uh, so you know you knew he's going to have the, you know, the the swing and miss strikeout pitch, but I was more impressed with his non fastball 
you know, you know, assortment of pitches yesterday, and he he made it through five innings against the Braves. The Braves, they got pitching injuries, but they're still a really good lineup. Uh, and he only gave up four hits, walked one, struck out five. And as I mentioned, he was uh, I was very impressed with his. Uh, I didn't know he had more of an arsenal other than just throwing a you know the hardest fastball humanly possible. Uh, so he was really good, and the fact that the the Dodgers have won two straight games with those two guys, their starting pitchers, at Atlanta uh, against two experienced pitchers and Morton and Strider. That's good for the Dodgers. Um, probably bad for the National League, but good for the Dodgers. You mentioned Gonsolin goes today, and he's back from last season's injury. He has he's been really good so far this year, and is uh, he didn't start. Uh, his season until first part of May, somewhere in that ballpark. But he has a 113 run average in his start so far this season. Uh, he's been on a pitch count, so I'm guessing that that pitch count's going to kind of go up as he moves along here. He's only pitched 16 innings in the first three starts of the season for him, coming off the injury from the end of, the towards the end of last season. He gave it a shot in the playoffs, but he should have probably not been on the mound in that game against San Diego when they got eliminated last year. Uh, sticking with the NLS, the Padres beat the Nationals yesterday 7-4. to Today it'll be Ryan Weathers up against Trevor Williams. Uh, certainly Padres need to start clipping off some wins, uh, especially against some teams that uh, struggling. Let's go with struggling. Well, they got... You know, swept at home last week by the Royals, uh, so you don't struggle much more than that. Yeah, we talked with Scott Miller. He's a, you know, he lives in Southern California. He's done some work on the Padres television network over the years, and uh, asked him about. He expects them to be better, but how much better can they be? And Scott also really he pointed out, you know, they, they've got some significant holes in their lineup. If you get past the first three, four, five guys. Five guys, let's say five. And you got Cronenworth. We didn't even mention him. He's been terrible. They signed him to a contract extension before this year. With It seemed like a good idea, and it might still end up being a good idea. But, yeah, he has provided nothing for them. They've got too many guys that are just zeros in their lineup right now. And uh, they're the worst team in baseball with runners in scoring position. And, uh, you know, that's uh, – you know, nobody would expect that. Machado's now officially on the injured list. You know, Soto's actually hit the ball pretty well here, in fact, very well in the last two or three weeks, more like Juan Soto that you would expect. But you know, the lack of lineup uh, length, let's put it that way, the length of the lineup has been really bad. And uh, not hard to pitch against the Padres uh, as long as you've got like you know, three or four position players that are pretty close to automatic outs. Uh, so as you look here at the NLS standings, the Dodgers continue to lead 31 and 19, the Diamondbacks 29 and 20, the Giants sitting at 24 and 24, the Padres 22 and 26, and the Rockies 21 and 28. So in your experience of you know watching baseball and seeing a, a club like the Diamondbacks here with maybe exceeding expectations here, I think the expectations were improved baseball, but maybe now uh, that they're sitting at second in the division, does this potentially change? the front office strategy moving toward the trade deadline? It certainly should. Um, be interesting. They're in a real interesting quandary because they obviously have a lot of really good young prospects. Uh, we're going to get to the Longoria you know, poll question a little later on in the hour. 
but you know there there is like I think pretty close to no chance that Longoria is on this team. Not Longoria. I mean Guriel is on this team next season. Uh, he's a free agent at the end of the year. They've got a bunch of outfielders, some of which are already in the major leagues. They've got some other really good young outfielders that are expected to be here. You know, next year, maybe in a couple cases by the end of this season. So, you know, the, what can you get for a Longoria to trade, whether it be a starting pitcher? Starting pitching market, at least as of right now, looks like it's going to be pretty thin, but there are a lot of teams they are going to really be good teams and playoff teams. They're going to be after, you know, bullpen arms even more than usual. So, you know, is that maybe what you would get for Guriel, or you just ride it out? You know, with the, him, uh, you know, the, you would get a comp- compensation pick for him if he leaves via free agency and, and so forth if you give him a qualifying offer. But uh, that's a, you know, that's a, I think what they do with Guriel uh, before the trade deadline could be a, uh, a, a kind of a you know stepping stone, lack of a better term for me. I should do better than that. But give us an idea of where they might be headed as an organization in the next, uh, not just the end of this, uh, for the rest of this season, but heading into the offseason. Moving away from the NL West and into all of Major League Baseball, you had the Yankees topping the Orioles 6-5 to yesterday. It included Aaron Judge hitting a solo home run to left center in the ninth to tie it up, and the Yankees then winning in the 10th. Kyle Bradish for the Orioles, five innings, seven hits, four runs, three walks, uh, three strikeouts, and one home run. Garrett Cole, five innings, six hits, five runs, three walks, two strikeouts, and two home runs. Cole was awful in this game. You know, actually, it's amazing. Yeah, in a way, he you know could have given up fewer runs because Aaron Judge just completely misplayed a fly ball for two runs that went off his glove. Uh, would have been a good play, but I'm sure Judge thought he should have made that play in right field, and that was two runs in the first inning. But he had very few swings and misses, and uh, he wasn't good. But uh, yeah, they were able to come back and win, and Aaron Judge has hit eight home runs in the 13 games that he's played since he came off the injured list. They're getting healthier, uh, not just Judge. Stanton might be back soon, but I've been hearing this Stanton's going to be back soon thing for weeks, it seems like. Uh, yeah, Severino did come back and pitch for the first time this season. Last weekend, uh, yeah, you know, Carlos Rodon actually threw off flat ground, but I don't think they expect him to be back before the All-Star break, but... Uh, through all the stuff that the Yankees went through early in the season, and many people just pretty much assumed that they were done, they're 30-20 and 20 on the season and uh, in the very competitive, obviously, American League East with everybody at least three games above 500 in the entire division. All, all five teams are at least three games above 500. Uh, and then you also have the Blue Jays here. I mean, to throw this game away, 20-1 to against the Rays. Taj Bradley, four innings pits, nine hits, four runs, seven strikeouts, one home run. Jose Barrio, seven innings pitch, five hits, one run, two walks, five strikeouts, and one home run. Uh, Shane McClanahan going for the Rays, who is 7-0, 2.05 ERA, 68 strikeouts, and he's the one pitcher so far who hasn't been hurt yet for the Rays. Yeah, that's true. Don't really care about the what happened yesterday. They used two position players in this game after they fell way behind very early. I think it was ten nothing in the like four innings, maybe even faster than that yesterday. So in you know the Blue Jays, I just can't believe in the Blue Jays. They 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 just play stupid baseball. Sorry, don't need to be 
I guess I do mean to be harsh. They play stupid baseball. They've got all these major league players that you know, grew up around the game with their famous fathers, and some of those guys play stupid baseball. Uh, between their, you know, basically their defense and not just errors, but yeah, you know, not covering bases, throwing to the wrong base. Their base running is atrocious, uh, and I just can't trust these guys. You mentioned Barrios. If they are going to have long-term success, you know, he's so good when he's good. Uh, and he's had some very good seasons before, not last year. Seems to be a little more consistent this year, but if they have any long-term success, he's going to have to be a horse, and I think they're ace for the rest of the year. Uh, we have the Diamondbacks up 5 nothing on the Phillies here in the bottom of the fourth, but Zach Gallen, two outs, looking to get out of this inning as there are now guys on first and second. And if uh, I'm understanding things correctly here, this is back-to-back walks for Gallen as well. Correct, and he walked uh, many hitters. I believe it was four or five uh, on the last Friday night at Pittsburgh. Now, I will say the Phillies, you know, they strike out a lot, as I mentioned before, but they've also got a lot of guys that will make you work in the order, work, work in the count, and uh, they go to a lot of three-ball counts, so it's not that surprising that they're drawing walks. But I'm not worried about Gallon, but it is a bit disturbing that he's had some promise throwing strikes now. Two consecutive, uh, two, two consecutive starts, he tried to say, in the state of Pennsylvania. 602-260-1060. That's the number. Give us a call. We'll get to you on the other side of the break. It's the Extra Point on this Wednesday, May 24th. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Food. Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is mail, chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back to Extra Point 1125 here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. Uh, We didn't get a chance to dive into this game, so we'll get to it now with the Nuggets coming back to beat the Lakers and sweep them, advancing to their first ever franchise NBA championship. Uh, Let's start with the Lakers side of things here from a roster construction standpoint. You have LeBron throwing things out that he's potentially mulling over retirement. Uh, That's complete (laughs) crap. I mean, that's not, I was so sick of his. This happens every year. ESPN blew like half a sports center yesterday afternoon on this LeBron retirement car. This is complete crap. One of these years I'm going to be wrong about this, but this is like three or four times we've gone through this garbage before. I'm done. I'm kind of done with that. Yeah, I don't buy it, uh, especially since he's talked so much about how he wants to play with uh, his son. So there's just a yeah. lot there. Um, plus, then in the same sentence, he did say that he thought he was better than like 90, 95 percent of the players in the league. Cor- correct. Well, he's right. <laughs> so there's, yeah, and he was better than that probably at least in the first half on Monday night. We talked about was it 24 points? It was over. Crushed it. Points? <laughs> yeah, he had 30 in the first half. Uh, in that he played, you know, depending on which stat line you believe in, he either played all 48 minutes or 47 minutes in like 30 seconds. Uh, but anyway, he had 40 points for the game, 31 in the first half. But 
there's no doubt that he ran out of gas in the second half because uh, he had to do pretty much everything in the first half and you know, played all you know, 48 minutes if you believe the ESPN stats or if you look at the NBA.com stats and they don't have him play all 48 minutes. So it would be nice if we could get some universal stats from the NBA people at some point, which we don't. D'Angelo Russell, uh, he certainly struggled in the playoffs. Does he f- <laughs> does he fit here in L.A. or is there also um, maybe LeBron planting some seeds for Kyrie Irving? Yeah, I guess. I mean, God bless them if they want to add Kyrie Irving. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he fits anywhere. But D'Angelo Russell, I don't think there's any doubt he doesn't fit. He's been in L.A. twice. Uh, and uh, it's just he's just not good. Um, and, you know, once again, I'm going to go back to the Ohio State thing. Uh, he's the most selfish athlete in the history of Ohio State sports since I followed Ohio State sports, and I'm going to be 66 next month. Uh, you don't want this guy around. Uh, yeah, he didn't even he didn't start the game the other night, which was finally. I mean, I couldn't understand why he ever starts for any team, quite frankly. But he only played 14 minutes. In fact, their bench. There you had three guys, you know, they only used three bench guys, and they played a total of 29 minutes, and nine of those were from Tristan Thompson, who wasn't even on this team until the final game of the regular season. So that was nine of those minutes. So you played some the minutes against Jokic. But, you know, they've got a billion free agents here. And I think that that's far more interesting than whether LeBron's going to retire or not, who actually is going to stay and who they're going to keep and – How's this roster going to look like next year? Uh, then you also have Austin Reeves. Would you be backing up the Brinks trucks for him? Well, I don't think you have to because he's a restricted free agent. So we'll see how that goes. But and I don't know if you're going to you – know, he's really good. I mean, I liked him a lot. I mean, I mentioned this before. I liked him a lot when he was at Oklahoma. Uh, I didn't think he'd ever be this good in the NBA. I thought he'd be a contributing player on a good team in the NBA, but you could make a case uh, that in these playoffs, he's been no he, their third best player, uh, maybe better than that. But he's he's been he was really good. He had a couple of bad games in that you know, Memphis series, but uh, you know, he, he's 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 really good and. He is not overcome by the element or the moment or anything. I mean, he's a, he's a tough dude, and uh, he can play. Rui Hachimura also is a restricted free agent. So uh, did this potentially, though, price him out of returning to Los Angeles with his performances? Now, that might be possible because, you know, he had a you know, big pedigree coming out of Gonzaga. Seems like it's a really good fit, though, for the Lakers. I mean, I'm not going to blame anybody that failed in Washington with the Wizards because that seems to be uh, an organization for the most part for you know decades uh, that is you know brought down the level of uh, you know player even if they're good. And uh, you know, so I'm not going to you know knock him for the the problems in Washington or not being as good as he certainly has been in L.A. But he's going to cost him some money in the offseason, I assume. The fact that he does play both ends of the floor, too. So I assume that uh, elevates his free agent status uh, around the league even more. Uh, We will pause and we'll get into the Denver side of things. Uh, As we promised, though, phone calls, 602-260-1060. So let's pop on out to the hotline. Tim, I know you wanted to talk about Gurriel and the Diamondbacks. Hey, good morning, Bob. How are you? 
I'm good. Good. Hey, I'm, I've, I've been kind of in and out of the car. As part of the poll, is, is an extension part of your conversation? I don't think there's any – why would they do that? I mean, I just don't think there's – I think there's slim or no chance that he's back here next year. Uh, you've got all these outfielders. Some of them are in the major leagues right now. They've got a ton of glut of – they've got – you can make a case that if they want to get some starting pitching, if they trade Guriel, which they should do, uh, but they if they don't trade him, they should trade some of these young outfielders for pitchers uh, for this Correct. year. That, that's what I'm talking about, because why would a team give away pitching for Guriel if they were in it, would be my question, where I think you have a guy, he's a known at this point. He's, he's still really, he's, he's only in his fifth major league year. I think you could get him for a potential three-year, $30 million deal, and you know what you're getting, and then trade McCarthy, trade Alec Thomas, because then you have Jones coming up in a couple of years. But I, I think the way Guriel is playing in this ballpark, the way he plays defense and really a good clubhouse guy. He has purple hair, for Christ's sake. I, I think he's very much be considered <laughs> for an extension. I'm with you for the purple hair. I think extending him would be stupid. Um, sorry. Um, but in the, he, he's not a good defender at all, quite frankly. Uh, so I think that that's one thing that uh, one thing that he certainly was – He's had some not-so-good moments defensively here. He had some, a lot of really good not-defensive moments in Toronto, but that might have been more of a Toronto thing than here because they don't seem to really get the most out of anybody defensively unless it's Matt Chapman. Uh, but uh, I just – I you know, all the outfielders coming up through this system, and there's guys that I don't even know. Just I can't specifically identify. Obviously, I know Andrew Jones's kid is, but – They've got a, they've got a they've got too many outfielders in this organization right now. They're going to be part of this future for years to come. It appears, well, so that that's an area of strength. So I, dude, I you agree. need to trade Guriel. You got to trade Guriel is a sell high right now. He's not this good. Well, a sell high would have been McCarthy or Thomas in the offseason because now you're uh, his well, form is I'm, good enough, and it can be hidden with the yeah. rest of the defense. And his offense, again, in this park, and we're seeing what Moreno's doing as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's a bird in the hand, and you take a chance that you miss. You probably get something really good back for Thomas. And McCarthy, he very much could have been a flash in the pan. I don't think you get anything for Thomas or McCarthy. I mean, Thomas can't hit. Uh, and yeah, McCarthy is a guy that I think is totally in a flash and flash in the pan. I mentioned that towards the end of last season. Uh, yeah. So I don't think either. I don't think you get any. I don't think you get anything. I think you might get a relief pitcher for Thomas, uh, but it wouldn't I'll be a top it. shelf relief pitcher. Uh, you're going to get something. You're going to get a an arm that will help you this season, uh, and a guy that you know. I, I like. I said I would be shocked. If Gurriel were on this roster next season, so you got to do something I, yeah. now before the deadline. 50 50 but I, I'll tell you what: if the Pirates keep playing the way they are, if they could target Bedner or however you say his name as our yeah. closer, because I mean, it's what ten years in a row that we don't give a damn about our bullpen. It's getting really, really old, and we can't blow, can't keep doing this. This this team is going to lose okay. um, any faith. Got it? Got to get something in there asap. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate uh, you. I, Okay, no problem. I agree with the Bednar thing, but Bednar is going to get a whole lot more in return, assuming he stays healthy. Uh, he's going to be the top closer, if not you know, one of the top closers on the market. There, a guy that you know, Pittsburgh's not going to trade. You know, 
the Guriel thing, they're not going to you know, trade their you know, best arm. And they, they you know, probably still have hopes that they could compete in that garbage division they're in. But they're not going to trade. You know, they're not going to trade for a guy that's going to leave and free. He's not going to re-sign in Pittsburgh either. Uh, so you know, he has no future in Pittsburgh. Now maybe he could go to a team that actually you know, has aspirations of signing him to a long-term contract. But Pittsburgh's not one of those. But uh, you know, Bednar uh, being traded to the Diamondbacks, I think, is actually there's a less chance of that happening. Uh, at least for, for at least for uh, Guriel than there is Guriel returning to the Diamondbacks next season. Poll questions. They're coming up on the other side of. I think the... I just answered the poll. I question. know. I just, I just answered one of the poll questions, but that that we were asked specifically about. It. So yeah. I'm so sorry we'll... if I went off there, but there's my answer. So we'll kind of glide through that one, uh, and then we'll get back into the Denver Nuggets as they are uh, awaiting who their Eastern Conference opponent will be for the NBA title. So we'll get into all of this. It's the extra point right here on KDUS AM 1060. James Out West brings NFL, NBA, MLB, and local sports talk to you Monday night starting at 7 on KDUS AM 1060 and the KDUS 1060 app. Eleven thirty-nine here on KDOS AM ten sixty online at KDOS ten sixty.com and with the KDOS ten sixty app powered by Superbook Sports. Let's turn our attention to the poll questions and we'll start with the KDOS ten sixty.com poll question, which is NFL related. Should the Cardinals settle for anything in return to trade DeAndre Hopkins? Uh Bob, yes or no? Yes, they should. Um we're at this point now. Yeah, since the first day of the NFL, even before the first official day of the NFL calendar year, yeah, it was anticipated that he's going to be traded. And I still think it's really a long shot that he's on their roster to start the season. Uh, so we'll see how that goes since then. Uh, yeah, he's been kind of a conflict of interest from some of his quotes. I want to be here. And then yeah, he's not here. Yeah, he's talking about he wants to play with a quarterback that has the same love of the game that he has, which I took it at as a direct shot at Kyler Murray. Uh, so I'm guessing that uh, maybe they don't have as good a relationship as they did before, or maybe they never did, for all I know. But, uh, you know, the public thing there, that can't be a particularly good thing. Also, you know, I don't think there's any – I never quite bought into the thing that they were going to get like a first-round draft pick for him. I remember Field Yates way back early in the offseason said that, you know, if they got anything, it would be more like a third-day draft pick or, you know, for, the, for, for him. And uh, I think there's just kind of whatever they can get now. We talked with Frank Schwab from Yahoo earlier in the hour – or last hour, actually – and uh, I specifically asked, I don't understand the salary cap very much. It's my bad, but that's not going to change. Uh, but, you know, I asked whether they, you know, if they would offer to pay some of uh, Hopkins' salary to trade him, whether they could do that. And since the Cardinals are well under the salary cap, according to Frank, they can do that. So that might help too. But uh, I just don't think that, you know, with uh, the situation that I kind of detailed there a little bit, I just don't think it's a particularly a healthy thing if he's around here. So get him out of here. Get whatever you can in return. 
Um, I'm on the side of that we've sort of seen more movement of recent years at the trade deadline, and so maybe that puts a team in position to uh, pay more than what the the Cardinals are currently getting offered to them for DeAndre Hopkins, and so that the asking price increases and the asking price is delivered. Uh, I understand the sentiment here about you know what. What is his mindset about being here? Uh, how much is he going to be around? Will he be uh, an asset in the locker room, etc.? Et Obviously, there's a lot going on with the team in balancing some of the, the younger players coming in, a new whole uh, uh, regime change, new coaches, new staff, new philosophy. In addition to that, you're not having Kyler right away. So there's a lot that goes into this here. But I think... Um, anything just anything settling for anything is like a hard pill to swallow when it's deandre hopkins i get the notion that you're not getting a first round pick in return but uh if you can maybe try to get something else in return that's going to help this team get back on track uh you have to look at all those possibilities the okay. map uh I just don't think that they're going to get a player in return or even a draft pick that's going to make a difference immediately or anything close to it. So that's we beg to differ on that. The messes are on the no side of things here now at 60% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 40%. This is the KDOS1060.com poll question on Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Uh, your lengthy in, uh, in-depth analysis and answer to this, you can hear uh, it all in the previous segment, so uh, you can have a shorter version this time. On Twitter at KDOSAM1060, should the Diamondbacks trade free agent to be Lurius Gurriel Jr. for pitching help? And uh, he is absolutely on fire. 53 hits, 27 RBIs. He's batting uh, 317 as well. And uh, certainly the bats are something that the Diamondbacks have. You've talked about it with the plethora of outfielders that they have. So if you're going to try to strike while it's hot, in addition to the fact that pitching is something that is absolutely needed, whether it be starting pitching, whether it be relief pitching, whether it be middle relief pitching, closing, uh, you name it, pitching is the the one area that the Diamondbacks certainly uh, are not as strong at and don't have that depth right now. Uh, and if you're looking at the standings, they're second in the NL West. There's opportunities here for them. So you have to kind of figure out how to maneuver some pieces around and get yourself set up. Uh, I, I think that this is something you definitely have to look into. I wish I would have used the word plethora in the previous little segment when I kind of went off on this. I just don't think there's hardly or if any, I don't think there's really close to any chance that he's on this roster next season. So you need to get what you can for him before the trade deadline this season. Bottom line. The masses are on the no side of things here at 69% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 31%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. We had teased it along here, uh, the NBA Finals. We do know for certain that the Denver Nuggets will be representing the West here. The Denver side of things, it's going to be a long layoff, and it's going to be a long layoff regardless if uh, the Eastern Conference Finals gets wrapped up on Thursday or not. So when it comes to them and this particular argument that you have, that certainly having time off is good for healing bumps and bruises and uh, obviously just getting your legs back underneath, you but does it impact rhythm and if it impacts rhythm does a long layoff like this impact role players more than stars 
Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, their role players are pretty good. Uh, I would actually think it would impact. Well, in this case, the star players. I don't think that you know, you know, Jokic and Murray. I don't think it really matters to them at this point. I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think it can be the best thing. Let's put it that way. The best thing that they have, you know, they're not playing until January, January, June 1st, seems like January, June 1st at the earliest for game one of the next round. Maybe the worst thing for the Nuggets is, uh, you know, I don't know if this guy, if you know, Tyler Hero is going to be any good, but it sure seems like he's going to be ready for the finals. Uh, he started the workout and, you know, Spolstra was really pretty vague, and he's usually pretty upfront on the things, these things like this, but he was vague, vague about this yesterday. Yeah, he started uh, you know, doing some basketball stuff, and then, uh, when he went down with the injury in the first game of the first round, uh, they there was talk that, well, if they reached the finals, and everybody just kind of chuckled, including me, if they reached the finals, Hero could be back. Uh, and he's a really big part of their team. And... Uh, the fact that they've made this kind of run without him is, uh, you know, speaks to a lot of the, you know, we've heard about all the undrafted players and so forth about uh, for for weeks, months, and years in some cases. Uh, but uh, the fact that their depth has been much more effective than you would have expected. So that's probably the biggest negative is that it, it, I think it helps Miami a lot if they reach the finals and we're assuming they're going to reach the finals because teams that are down 0-3 are now 0-150 uh, coming back and winning the best of seven series. Uh, and, you know, I guess for me, watching the Nuggets, obviously, up close in these playoffs, we saw them against the Suns. We saw them against the Lakers here. They just can... Every, everything flows through Jokic, obviously. Jamal Murray has elevated his game. Certainly being back healthy helps tremendously. But they found... Every role player they have has their niche, has their role, and they excel at it. So maybe it is a bit of a uh, slight by calling them role players, but they are just really crucial to making this Nuggets team all around solid. Yeah, I think they're bench guys. You can call them role players. Anybody that still calls Aaron Gordon a role player has got to reconsider that uh, you know, that definition. Uh, he's really good. And uh he, to me, has been the best defensive player on any team in this postseason. Uh, he obviously had a whole lot to do with Kevin Durant uh, not performing at a high level in the series against the Suns. And, you know, he, he has been on LeBron some, and with the exception of the first half of the other night, uh, LeBron has done a, not done a lot of damage or did not do a lot of damage in that series in the Western Conference Finals against Denver. Uh, Bob, I know you love rock and roll, and this is uh, something that I'm just seeing now. Tina Turner has died at the age of 83 uh, after suffering a long illness in her home in Zurich, Switzerland. Saw her a long time ago when it was still she was still with Ike Turner, and God bless her, she, she got away from him. But uh, Tremendous entertainer. Uh, there, there's a video out there from like maybe 10 years ago or so. Uh, forgot where it's from, but yeah, it's a big time video. It's like an HBO or Showtime thing. Uh, tremendous, a great performer. Mick Jagger talks about her all the time as far as uh, you know, some of his his dance skills he stole from Tina Turner and so forth. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, that's a, you know, I didn't even realize she was, you know, ill lately, but, uh, yeah, definite, uh, big time rock and roller.
We wrap it up next. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. segment of today's Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob, it's that time once again here on this Wednesday, May 24th. It's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else through the cracks. Also our guest today around Major League Baseball, Scott Miller, of uh, Sirius XM and the New York Times. And also Scott mentioned uh, during that uh, the interview back in the sports zone that uh, Corey Kluber looked uh, you know, like he was done. And uh, since then, I uh, just saw a thing a few moments ago that uh, the Red Sox have announced that Corey Kluber is headed to the bullpen and is, no, at least for now, not going to be a starting pitcher anymore for the Red Sox. Speaking of the Red Sox, we'll preview the Red Sox uh, Diamondbacks series in the 9:15 segment of the Friday Sports Zone. Also today, we went around the NFL with Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports, among other things. We uh, talked about DeAndre Hopkins' future and Buda Baker's future. Sound of day courtesy of Fox, Bally Sports Arizona, ESPN, TNT, LAD 570, and also the Yes Network for the Aaron Judge home run that uh, tied the game in the ninth inning last night. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Coming up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. And as another friendly reminder for you, uh, no show for the Sports Zone and Extra Point tomorrow, paving the way for ASU baseball as they have uh, game number two against uh, Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament, 9.45 a.m. pregame, first pitch at 10 o'clock, and you have Tim Healy on the call. You can listen to it here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. Speaking of that app, speaking of the Red Sox coming to town, uh, you can get your tickets over at dbacks.com slash tickets for the weekend series. You could also be a winner of tickets by downloading the KDOS 1060 app, registering and following the listener instructions to potentially be a winner that we'll pull on Friday. Uh, Bob, did you see one other quick thing here? Uh, Marcus Golden, who has had some nice years with the Cardinals, a couple different uh, excursions here. Uh, we just talk, we talked earlier about the Steelers. Uh, they have signed Marcus Golden. I think that's a really good fit for him. Uh, you know, Patrick Peterson, we mentioned earlier, is a really good fit for Pittsburgh. But you know, Golden still he can still rush the passer, especially on a team where he's not going to be the main pass blocking emphasis. And with Watt on the team, he won't be the main pass blocking influence or you know, emphasis of the opponent. So that's a good fit for uh, Marcus Golden. 
Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this as well, but Carmelo Anthony announced his retirement, uh, 19 seasons that he played, 28,289 points. That's good for ninth all time. Uh, with Melo being such a shooter, do you think his game transcends time? That's a good question. Um, not that the other ones weren't, but uh, that, that, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've always been a Carmelo fan. Uh, obviously, his college days, it's or, you know, the one year at Syracuse. And I think the thing that impressed me the most after he left Syracuse is you know, when they had Olympic success, uh, the U.S., he was a, a big part of some of those teams, in fact, on some teams with LeBron and others, when they did have an occasional close game, they ran plays for him at the end of close games. Yeah, and obviously uh, kind of embraced everything about being in New York as well. And, uh, you know, what he was, <laughs> maybe good or bad, but he certainly embraced all of that. That's true. So, yeah, I, I was uh, not a Carmelo Bashiter uh, like many people. And, uh, yeah, that Olympic experience really kind of, uh, you know, I liked it before, but that uh, the Olympic stuff it opened my eyes. And, you know, the only Olympics I've watched in the last 40 years are you know, Olympic basketball games. And, uh, you know, he was a big part of uh, some U.S. success in the Olympics. If my memory serves me correctly, part of Mello going to the Knicks had some draft capital going back to Denver, which I think was used for Jamal Murray. Okay. Well, I think that worked out okay. <laughs> Good move. As always, thanks for listening to Extra Points here on KDOS AM 1060. Everyone have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday, and we'll be back with you on Friday starting at 9 a.m. Talk to you then.